This is your inside look at the Canadian Football League. CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara on the TSN Radio Network, delivered by Domino's. Visit dominoes.ca today. Happy New Year, CFL fans. believe back-to-back years both settled by ties welcome to the first ever edition of cfl weekly across the tsn radio network i'm andy mcnamara alongside producer joe narsa huge show today going into week two canada day long weekend around the canadian football league first of all we go to winnipeg with darren bombing host on tsn 1290 in winnipeg bombers had a buy in week one We'll take a look at their season outlook and zip around the West Division. Also, tsn.ca, CFL fantasy guru Scott Collin with his team power rankings and some fantasy tips for you. We'll get into our own fantasy rankings as well as our game predictions, top storylines, and all that. Joe, how's it going, bud? Not bad, Andy. It's been uh, one interesting start for the week one in the CFL. Man! Well, yeah, you know what? Let's start with the CFL performers of the week. You can find those on cfl.ca. No surprise couple of Argonauts leading the way. Ricky Ray, 506 yards, a career personal best. And, Joe, when you couple that with the acrobatics of S.J. Green and just how dominant, out of the gate, that Mark Tressman and Ricky Ray combo was, because what people were talking about was, all right, well, uh, Tressman said Ricky Ray kind of reminds him of, him of Anthony Calvillo, right? Uh, late in his career, guy in his late 30s. I didn't think I'd be seeing 500 yards out of Ricky Ray ever again. Well, Mark Tressman seemed to do two things that seemed very hard at the beginning of the season. Allow Ricky Ray to let loose and find a time machine for both him and yeah. S.J. Green. Because it was fantastic to watch. It was a renaissance for both of them. Oh, it was S.J. Green. Like, just just spectacular. Like, sending a message. And he said that when he had the opportunity to come to Toronto to play for Tressman, he said, I, this is the guy who's gotten the most out of me in my career. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to go. And and that certainly shone through. I didn't think Ricky Ray's arm had that type of deep power left. Like, what's the MO been on Ricky Ray? Think, dunk, think. You know, 80% completion percentage. With five-yard passes. Yeah. Not not in week one. No, and you saw from SJ Green that one-handed grab in between two seams. Like, he has shown his talent ability. Now, I know it's week one, so it's not like there's a guarantee that that's going to happen every week. But He has looking, to stay healthy, which has been a problem. Exactly. But looking at what Mark Tressman was able to do early on, first game of the season, he installed his offense at will, yeah. and it seemed to be, it seemed to look like he had the tools able to play that offense as perfectly as it could be, because there is no better ask from a coach to have his star QB throw over 500. It's ridiculous. And you had a couple drop touchdown passes, too. Oh, yeah. On top of that. So those are the first two performers of the week. Finishes off with defensive back Jonathan Mincy of the Montreal Alouettes. Joe, this guy, we talked the highlight reel on the offensive side of the ball. Mincy, all over the place. Five defensive tackles. Had a pick, couple knockdowns as well. And he was a crucial part of that of that tight 17-16 win. He was a one-man show. Yeah, and in his second season in the in the league, he's looking like a game changer and a game breaker. Like it's there's a lot of field you have to cover. And when you have a guy that's able to get to those tackles and you have a guy that's able to cover that field, mm-hmm. especially in his second year, like 
there is an adjustment to the CFL for everybody. Oh, sure. So his comfort level has been fantastic to see, and that's a great, great crop of top three players to be in after week one because those first two guys, they put on a clinic, and he did the same thing on the defensive side. On the defensive side. And for, for Mincy, he was Montreal's nominee for most outstanding rookie last season. So he's building on that. And it seems like each year in the CFL you have one guy that kind of jumps out as as the island, right? The, the guys who stands a lot, the quarterbacks are going to avoid him. Jonathan Mincy just put his stamp on that for at least the first part of the CFL season. Well, and when you're a sophomore, everyone's always expecting that slump. Yeah, that dip. And there's no better sport, I think, than football that'll show you the more video you have, the easier it is to break you down. Like, it's been proven all across that when you have a bye, a coach gets a little bit longer to see a defense or an offense, they end up being able to make better moves. After a full season and in game one, they let this guy run wild. Yeah. Like, that, that, that is just a great way to start a sophomore year. And when you have somebody who, with that skill set, you then let them freelance a little bit too, get creative, right? So those are the CFL performers of the week. Now let's get to the Blitz. What jumped out to me, Joe, was the Ottawa-Calgary continuing growing rivalry. Like an unlikely rivalry, Ottawa and Calgary. Not natural. They don't play every year on Labor Day. But these two clubs, the past two seasons... You, when you say too close to call, like like literally, they have tied twice. When when can you say in in any league that two teams, two football teams, have tied twice in consecutive years when they play each other on the first time? It may, it may have never have happened before. Well, and you cap that off with that Grey Cup last year that was also an overtime. And usually, you assume that playoffs build rivalries, but these guys every year in the regular season, it's like they're adding fuel to the fire oh, yeah. during a time where you could assume that they're not going to really hate each other as much. You're not going to see that grinded-out tie game in the first game of the season. And the fact that they did it back-to-back years is just absolutely incredible. It just seems like something that is is just storybook. Well, and you know what? The, the only thing better than that game is we get to see it again Thursday. I know, and we back get to, to see back. it again. That's qu- like a well, part of me wants to save that matchup for later to like anticipate it. You know, have that hype. The other part of me says, let's do it again. Let's go, right? Like, what if you have two ties? It could happen. And the interesting part is, for these two teams, those ties are so crucial because it's so influential near the end of the season. Yeah, 100%. It could push you either way. If you have a tie, it might be so helpful because you don't have a loss. But if you need that extra win, and these two teams could potentially, like we've seen it two times in back-to-back seasons, you're right. If If this happens in their third meeting... In three seasons, or sorry, in two seasons, that's insane. It's wild. And for both divisions this year being so tight, right? Like, the East last year was a disaster. Ottawa won it with an under 500 record, but it was still close. Yeah. And for the West, you have BC chomping at you. You have Edmonton coming after you, too. Winnipeg's a bit of a wild card, so who knows there. But you couple that with two young, yet not that young quarterbacks. You know what I mean? Like, you have Trevor Harris, who's done it. Yeah, Bo Levi Mitchell, reigning MOP. Like, Bo Levi. First of all, awesome name. All-timer. That is the most All-timer. perfect starting quarterback name Bo Levi. in the world. Yeah. Like, you know he's going to be a legit QB <laughs> when his dad or his mom named him Bo, Bo Levi. Levi. And then you have Trevor Harris, who, for Trevor Harris, I thought he got off to a, a good start, uh, stats-wise and poise-wise. This is the first year of Trevor Harris being the man. He, ha- he has always had before. Looking over his shoulder. Ricky Ray coming back. Last year, Henry Burris over his shoulder. There's no one coming. Now, you have Drew Tate, competent backup if he stumbles. So that's a good position for the Red Blacks to be in. But 
for for uh, Trevor Harris to have this shot to say, okay, now I'm the man. The first time in his career they say, it's your team. That's a storyline I'm going to be following, following all year. Because Trevor Harris, one, is a, a great, great dude. But two, we've seen him put in the stats, but fade at the end when the pressure gets to him. How's he going to respond? So I have a question for you, though. You just explained two different situations where he was essentially placed in the same position. Yep. He has the biggest shoes to fill, and he's he's shown skill, he's shown talent, but now I feel like that might be an advantage for him because he's been waiting for this moment. This is his shot. It's not as if he's walking in and after one year there's an injury and it's kind of forced upon him. It's going to be huge shoes to fill, especially with Henry Burris' season last year. Like that's that is that was storybook. Well, yeah, and, and now you got to take over. And he had he had some great games last year as well before Burris retook the job, right? So that's going to be a storyline to follow. Also, injuries happen, folks. Right? Injuries are going to happen. The Hamilton Tie Cats lose Terrence Tolliver and torn ACL. Joe, you don't replace a 211 pound wide receiver with great hands. Outs like your classic outside threat. He can just say go, run a go route, jump ball, end zone, corner. Like Terrence Tolliver could do just about everything. Gone for the year. Now the Tigers do have some depth there, but everybody gets pushed up a notch where they might not be as comfortable. Well, there's, you could argue maybe the slot receiver might be a tiny bit more useful than the guy that you can just let loose and air it out. But, yeah, for for the quick hitch, but but with Calaris's arm, right? You give that. You have to respect when Terrence Tolliver's on the field. You have to. And and even if you do, the problem is he's six five. Yeah. So if Calaris is airing it out and this guy is downfield, there is a high percentage chance that the guy who's six five is going to get above the defensive backs and he's going to get on top of that ball and it's going to be his. Yeah. Losing that weapon. Which DB is going to outjump Terrence Tolliver? Nobody. Well, you'd have to outjump him to reach his height. Yeah. So he's out, uh, and and for the Ticats, with those injuries, with that that blasting they got at the hands of the Argonauts on the bye week to try to nurse some other injuries up, and you're going to have Luke Tasker just talk Brandon Banks maybe having more of a role, but you have to balance that with, well, he's so vital. And the CFL, as we all know, special teams is so crucial. You have so many more punt returns, right? So do you want to take away the freshness of the Steel Cheetah, of Speedy B, on the punt return to keep him in the game where, one— as talented as he is, uh, I don't know if you want Brandon Banks going over the middle all that often and getting smoked by a linebacker or a chance of that happening where you could have him as his dynamic self where he's proved so useful for years in the punt and kick return. But ultimately, when if you lose somebody, if you lose a weapon, you're going to have to replace it with the next man up and the best man up. Yeah, That's the biggest problem with, with, with the CFL football. It's a war of attrition. Mm-hmm. And when you know you have somebody that is an all-purpose weapon, he has to be utilized. And especially when you lose somebody who's as versatile as Tolliver. Yeah, and then the Edmonton Eskimos also getting dinged up. Oh, boy, you lose J.C. Sherrod. Like, J.C. Sherrod is a beast. Ruptured Achilles. I hate the look on the, those guys' faces oh. when they get carted off. And the word off, ruptured. You know. I know. It's such a violent word. Ruptured. They also lost Corey Greenwood, defensive lineman, in training camp. Now, on the D-line, they were able to uh, get, and this is uh, help with the, the ratio side, Adam Konar, right, third-year veteran out of Vancouver, he had seven tackles on defense, a couple more on special teams, and a sack. So you have Konar, who looks like he's going to be able to slide in, and you get the Canadian bonus. But J.C. shared over the middle. Uh, 
even if you have a, a next guy up, as you were saying, Joe, you just can't replace some guys. No, especially in the middle linebacker position. That guy's the linchpin He's of the thumper. defense. Yeah. Exactly. So when your biggest weakness is up the middle going forward, that's a very scary thought for the defense when you see the run game pile up down the middle. What, like yeah. When you lose that, you're essentially... It feels like no man's land for the defense because you're looking over, and sometimes what happens, you get your outside linebackers trying to move in too often. Yeah, is someone trying to do too much? Exactly, create too much gap sometimes. All right, still to come in the show, a special behind the helmet with Chris Getzlaff of the Edmonton Eskimos. We're going to bring out his personality a little bit, see what Chris is up to and his thoughts on life and football. Also, you can vote on our Twitter poll question at AndyMC81. The first CFL weekly show poll. Question is, which CFL week one storyline impressed you the most? Which storyline impressed you the most in week one? Ricky Ray's career day, 506 yards. We talked about that. Another Ottawa-Calgary tie building this epic rivalry. Or Darian Durant getting some sweet, sweet revenge beating the Saskatchewan Roughriders. Some of the quotes he said, saying, I wasn't wanted. They said they didn't want me, and it felt so good to beat them. So which one is your storyline of the week? Ricky Ray's career day, another Ottawa-Calgary tie, or Durant beating Saskatchewan? Vote at AndyMC81. We'll get to the results later on in the show. After the break, host on TSN 1290 in Winnipeg, as well as CFL 60 in Blue Bombers game day, Darren Bombing. Bombers had a bye week in the opener. They're back to get their start to the 2017 season. And then following that will be TSN.ca Scott Cullen. Go over team power rankings and some fantasy tips as well. He's Joe Narsa. I'm Andy Mattenmare. A lot more coming up on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Football season is here and Domino's has you covered. Hungry? Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carry out deals at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. We have your complete meal including delicious side dishes and desserts. Check out our $7.99 mix and match offer that has something for everyone including two two-topping medium pizzas, mouth-watering pasta, amazing chicken wings, bread sides, and don't forget to try our irresistible marbled cookie brownie. See all this and more at dominoes.ca. You're listening to CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara, delivered by Domino's on the TSN Radio Network. Yes, this is CFL Weekly. I'm Andy McNamara. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at AndyMC81. A lot more show coming up. TSN.ca Scott Cullen stopping by in about 15 minutes time to go over the team power rankings. And then we get into some CFL fantasy tips and our game picks of the week. On the line now is Darren Bombing, host of CFL 60 and Blue Bombers Game Day on TSN 1290 in Winnipeg. Darren, how's it going, buddy? Andy, I'm well. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. And you know what? For the Blue Bombers, it's you got the the week one by, so no one can say they're not fresh. Uh, but now the anticipation is is here. The season is here, and you've had a look at the the Rough Riders lose a close one in Montreal. What's your your feel? for this year's Blue Bombers team? It'll be interesting how things shake out just because expectations are now in Winnipeg where maybe there weren't before. This team has been slowly building under general manager Kyle Walters and head coach Mike O'Shea. This is their fourth season together now and and signing uh, a new three-year, three- and four-year contracts for the head coach and the GM will uh, you know, give some some stability, some continuity. Uh, but those expectations are there now. They have their number one quarterback 
in Matt Nichols. A lot of people don't have him amongst the quote-unquote elite in the Canadian Football League, but he can make all the throws. He's extremely responsible with the football. And when he took over the reins as the number one quarterback in Winnipeg in week six last year, this team sat at one and four. They were reeling. People were calling for the head uh, of the head coach, uh, and he rattled off seven straight wins, went 10-3 and three in the regular season as the starting quarterback. And I'll be honest with you, you talk to anybody on this football team on the offense or defensive side of the football, and they talk about the fire and the leadership that Matt Nichols brings. That's his biggest quality. This team plays for him. They jump on his back, and they really roll. It's impressive to watch. Is he kind of, and I don't necessarily mean skill set-wise, but leadership-wise, kind of a, a throwback to Buck Pierce where, where everybody was on board with him? Yeah, I think that's a good comparison to make. Um, you know, Buck is obviously still here. He's the quarterback coach here in Winnipeg. And uh, Matt Nichols kind of has those qualities. Um, you know, as I mentioned, it's, uh, it's, it's almost like a different team. They were rejuvenated uh, when he took over the starting quarterback job last year. It was a handful of guys that started in week six, their first start of the season. Travis Bond on the offensive line, he went on to being an all-star in his first year in the CFL. Taylor Loeffler's first start was in week six last year as well. He went on to be an all-star in his first year in the Canadian Football League. So it everything changed last year in week six. I mentioned those seven straight wins that they rifled off, their first playoff appearance since that run to the Grey Cup game back in 2011. Uh, it really started, and it will end with Matt Nichols and his health. There is... Uh, you know, some depth there at quarterback if they have to go there. But the success of the Blue Bombers really hinges on his health and Andrew Harris on offense. And now he gets his shot to be the guy from day one. So we'll we'll see how that plays out against Saskatchewan. Now, uh, Darren, this is this is in Mosaic Stadium, the, uh, the the new one, and they've they've had the exhibition game there. But this is really the the launch. This is going to be pomp and circumstances on Canada Day. You saw the Riders last week, and. One point, right? So so much can happen in the CFL. One point, they're going to be hungry. They're in front of this home crowd. What were some of your takeaways from the Rough Riders week one and now looking into this weekend? They looked good and bad at times. Yeah, I was relatively yeah. impressed with what Kevin Glenn was able to do in this offense. They moved the football. He passed the ball uh, relatively well. I don't know if there was much of a run game there, but uh, you know the, the offense looked pretty good. But I think it really came down to a fired-up, Darian Durant, a hungry Darian Durant, and a very veteran-laden team in Montreal that was able to eke out that win. Obviously, missing that field goal try uh, from the Canadian kicker in Saskatchewan, Tyler Carpina, late in that football game, uh, was essentially the crux of their loss. But you're absolutely right. This, this Rough Riders team is going to be very fired up uh, to get back to 500 football uh, early in the season. They're going to have 33,000-plus fans there. Oh. I imagine there'll be a lot of Winnipeg fans who will make that pilgrimage west to Regina, as they so often do uh, when the Blue Bombers, uh, you know, are in Saskatchewan. Uh, but you're absolutely right. The pomp and circumstance, all of the, uh, you know, um, uh, exciting things that uh, people are expecting. I'm told there's going to be over 200 people on the field at halftime as they have a full show. The really? Fireworks, it being Canada Day and, and uh, a primetime game, 8 o'clock Central Time, but it's going to be 9 o'clock uh, in the Eastern Time Zone. So I, I think... You know, a lot of people in Western Canada especially will be tuned into this game because it's really that uh, the heart of the Canadian Football League. Prairie rivalry yep. between the Blue Bombers and the Rough Riders. It should be a fun one. Yeah, I can't wait to see that. In conversation with Darren Bombing, host on TSN 1290 in Winnipeg. You can get him on Twitter, at Darren Bombing. Uh, all right, Darren, let's swing around the rest of the West Division. We know how dominant Calgary was a year ago. It started the season 
the same way they did uh, last year when they first played Ottawa with a with a tie. Um, when you break down this West Division, Edmonton, Calgary, Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, BC, where do you see the Blue Bombers fitting in and, and, and kind of rank them for me right now after one week? I have Calgary right there atop. I think BC is one team that could push them. Now, Edmonton uh, obviously surprised BC and, and handed them a loss in week one at home. I expect BC to be really fired up now and, and work out some of those kinks that they have with their offensive line and protecting Jonathan Jennings. He was nearly running for his life, but it's yeah. a good thing he's a fleet of foot quarterback. Uh, there's just so many weapons in BC that they really scare me. They got a lot of players returning, obviously no Adam Big Hill, um, but uh, Tony Burnett, a player I know quite well just from his time in Winnipeg, a very capable weak side linebacker. You got the best middle linebacker in the game in, in Solomon Alamimian and a talented defensive line and a very talented uh, defensive secondary. You got a head coach like Wally Buono. That's why I give them the edge over mm-hmm. the Calgary Stampeders this year. It's, it's tough to say this now that the BC Lions sit at 0-1. I have them atop. Calgary is Calgary, and, and really they look as good as ever. Probably the deepest roster in the CFL. I have them a very close second, fighting with BC tooth and nail right to the end. I have Winnipeg and Edmonton kind of uh, you know, 3A and 3B. It's really going to depend on the health of these football teams moving forward. Edmonton obviously has the league's leading passer from last year um, in Mike Riley. Lots of new weapons there as well. Darrell Walker departs to the NFL, but Brandon Zilstra had a huge 76-yard catch oh, uh, yeah. you know, to help them win that football game in week one. Uh, but the health of those two teams, I think, is going to dictate uh, where they shake out. And then I have Saskatchewan really fighting to play 500 football this year. I don't see them winning too many more than seven or eight games. If they do that, I think they're going to be playing a little bit above their expectations. It's all going to come down to Chris Jones uh, because he's going to be fighting for his his job. Uh, You're right. Two seasons, two seasons in Saskatchewan, you talk about a pressure cooker. That fan base does not put up with losing for too long. It doesn't matter if you have um, you know the, the resume that Chris Jones does. That's how I see the last Yeah, no, I'm with you, especially with Saskatchewan. The pressure is going to be on Chris Jones. Uh, last one for you here, uh, Darren. We had Andrew Harris Friday was uh, limited to being a spectator on the sidelines at practice. Is he, is he good to go? Is he back? He was back at practice uh, on Monday and uh, looks good to go. Himself and Maurice Leggett, who got injured on the second day of training camp, this team's reigning most outstanding defensive player. Both of those guys, critical to this Blue Bombers team. They're both healthy. They're both ready to go. Frankly, the Blue Bombers are, are the healthiest I remember them in the last hmm. few years. Uh, and, and you wouldn't, you know, I don't think it could work out better when you're starting a new season and your roster is healthy like they are. Well, Darren, thank you so much for taking the time, man. Enjoy the night and, and this, this opener on Canada Day. Let's do it again soon. Absolutely, Andy. Always call me anytime. Looking forward to the show this year, man. Absolutely. Thanks, Darren. That was Darren Bombing of TSN 1290 in Winnipeg. Remember, folks, football season is here and Domino's has you covered. If you're hungry, listen to this deal. Grab a medium Feast Pizza for only $10.99 or dive into all their delivery and carryout details. All that and more at dominoes.ca. After the break, we're going to go to tsn.ca. Scott Cullen, team power rankings after week one, looking into the second weekend of the Canadian Football League season. Some fantasy tips too. A lot more coming up on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. This is your inside look at the Canadian Football League. CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara on the TSN Radio Network, delivered by Domino's. Visit dominoes.ca today.
Welcome back to CFL Weekly. I'm Andy McNamara, and you're listening across the TSN radio network. And, of course, we are delivered by Domino's. Folks, if you're hungry, grab a medium feast pizza right now for only $10.99. Or you can dive into their delivery and carry-out deals. There's the mix-and-match $7.99 offer. Get all that information at dominoes.ca. On the line now, tsn.ca, fantasy expert Scott Cullen. Scotty, how's it going, buddy? Awesome, Andy. How are you tonight? Doing well. Doing well. And, and you know what? Let's begin. There's so much ground to cover. You put out your first team power rankings on tsn.ca. So let's let's kick it off there, really. The Stampeders remain number one. Yeah, and look, they, one of the things that you have to kind of consider after week one is we're, we're going to evaluate these teams on more than just what happened in the first week. Right. Um, and, you know, I mean, the poor Toronto Argonauts, I still left them at eight, even though they had a really impressive um, win in week one. But, you know, we're, we're looking back over the past year, basically, for these teams. And so I'm, I'm not going to uh, suddenly give up. Um, give up our evaluation based on one week's results. Now, Calgary, look, they they were the best team in the league last year. They didn't end up winning the Great Cup, but they, they had kind of run away with uh, everything statistically. And then um, they come into this season as you know probably the favorite to to win again. Uh, ending up with a tie at Ottawa is not, you know, obviously not the best result they could uh, they could get, but it's also not enough to get terribly worried about what's going on in Calgary. I think the, um, I mean, really the only change that I, I made in, in this week from the preseason um, was I flipped Edmonton ahead of BC because okay. they were both, they were both really close. Um, I mean, look, there's basically behind Calgary, there's kind of a, a group of five or six teams that are all very close, uh, but Edmonton and BC were very close together. And so Edmonton goes in and gets a road win at BC. That was enough for Edmonton to slide into to the second spot. Now, Scotty, what do you make of the Hamilton Ticats? So you have them at five, and again, as you said, this is more than just the week that mm-hmm. was. Uh, you lose Terrence Tolliver, right? Yep. You, you just can't replace a six foot five receiver. They just seem scattered against the Toronto Argonauts. Are you attributing that more to uh, an extended preseason type feel, or or what? <laughs> I, I, I'm giving them a bit of a pass. On right. This one. I mean, it, this is not. You know, if if you were to say, how do you feel about the Tiger Cats? Not good. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's tough when you go get beat up as badly as they did uh, by a Toronto team that I certainly didn't have really high hopes for. Um, you know, you give a 500 yards passing to, to Ricky Ray, um, and you, as you said, you lose Tolliver uh, for the season with a knee injury. Like you wouldn't think that Week One could go much worse for the Tiger Cats. So, um, it, I, you know, and, and as I'm sort of joking when I say give them a pass. I mean, look at if they if they you know stub their toe again in uh, their next game or two, well. You know that'll start showing up in the rankings. Sure. But, um, yeah, they're uh, that. That's probably as bad a week one as you could have. And, and look, basically, other the, the other three games were all competitive, right? Yeah, that, separated that, by you know, four you know, points. You have, you have um, you know Edmonton wins by a field goal. Um, Montreal wins by a single point on a, with a missed field goal uh, at the end, and and then you have the the Calgary Ottawa tie, and so it's just. You know the the one team in in the league who really got beat down in week one that was the Hamilton Tiger Cats, right? And the one area they are leading in, Scotty, is yards allowed per game at five hundred twenty four, <laughs> which again uh, you don't really expect that to happen out of a, a Jeff Reinbold run defense. And I, I think they they will get better, but that's quite a sting. And and now they go into the bye, so we they have a long time to think about that. So it'll be interesting for the rankings the following week after they play how hungry they are to come out and if they can shake it. 
Well, I, and you know, you would hope so, right? This is the kind of thing where, yes, if you have such an awful game, you would love to get back on the mm-hmm. field and, and play. Um, but I guess the, the hope is that, um, you know, you're going to be super hungry by the time you get back uh, um, at was it at Saskatchewan? I think we play in a couple of weeks, so they're uh, yeah. Like I said, like that that's as as rough a start to a season as, as you could ask for. I think to, to not only get you know you lose on the scoreboard pretty handily, but the yardage is was lopsided. Right, it was like 524 yards to 232 yards. Like right. they, when you when you there are things sometimes when you lose a game you can you can take away positives. Like well, you know we outgained them or you know or we held them to this many yards or something. <laughs> like Hamilton had none of that. Uh, no. You know, so it's uh, yeah, this is you know burn the tape and hope it gets better in a, in a couple weeks. Well, you say that for positive takeaways, and that's what the Saskatchewan Rough Riders really can do, losing by that that single point as you said. But uh, stats wise, put up more yards more offensive possessions, and it, it seemed like they just were a little bit snake-bitten there. That's going to be a raucous environment, Canada Day, opening up the regular season for them in, the, in that new stadium. Well, yeah, and look, I, I think Saskatchewan, they, they're probably not going to be good, but they're going to be better than they were last year. Yeah. I mean, part of part of it is, you know, I think there's a ceiling you have with Kevin Glenn as your quarterback. Sure, um, we, we know he, what he, he is. Pro- he probably raises the floor, you know, like Saskatchewan went through some pretty rough uh quarterbacks uh, last year and so Glenn raises the floor he's better than um, you know some of the the options they ran through um, but you know like Duran Carter didn't do much in, in week one but he has a chance to be obviously a real difference maker for them and I think Cameron Marshall the running back um, was really good uh, and so you know the fact that um, the riders have some talent that they can um, you know you like you say, it's sort of, sort of they get to take some positives away from the game. You, you know, when you lose a game and you only score 16 points, it's not as though you're oh, oh great, everything's perfect. Sure. Um, but you know, the riders losing by one on the road—that's, um, I guess, moral victory. And the riders come in ranked last at number nine. You can see the full power rankings on TSN.ca from Scott Collin. All right, Scott, let's go to Heroes and Zeros for uh, heading into Week Two. Give me your one hero and one zero after after one week in the CFL. All right. Well, you know, my my hero is going to be uh, Brandon Zilstra um, because Edmonton, when they, um, you know, when Daryl Walker uh, went down to the NFL and he's down in, in Tampa Bay's camp and, and you know, that's a, a big loss. He was the second leading receiver in the league last year. Uh, and so the, the thought uh, was that Darius Bowman, um, you know, might just have to take on even more. He was the number one receiver in the league last year, but, um, you know, a lot of unproven options otherwise for, for the Eskimos. So, um, you know, who, who knows what happens, but Darius Bowman will be the guy who, who really uh, feeds um, for the Eskimos in the passing game. Well, it turns out that uh, Bowman didn't do so much at BC, but Brandon Zilstra mm-hmm. um, went out there, seven catches, 152 yards, and, you know, looks like a, a very reasonable option to, to step in and, and play a big role. And, you know, the, the fact that, um, you know, Edmonton has, you know, the benefit of Mike Riley at quarterback. He's, you know, it's not the best in the league. He's kind of right there with Bo Levi Mitchell, I think. Uh, and so, uh, you know, if you give him some options in the passing game, you're going to get some results. And I think uh, Zilstra, uh, he, who, you know, had some decent moments late last year when he kind of got, got started in the league, um, I think, you know, obviously his start this year uh, is going to raise expectations for him going forward. And let's do a little fantasy talk, Scott. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a conversation between ourselves without some fantasy football talk. And, for sure. Hey, now, uh, great for, for fantasy fans with the Canadian Football League because 
not only do you have the TSN side, you also have the DraftKings side as well. So you can get a little double dip in uh, <laughs> on, on both sides and really enjoy and enjoy CFL fantasy on a, on a daily style level. Um, so when you're looking at, at this week, it's it's a different strategy, obviously from from NFL because of the the amount of players in the NFL. What are you looking at this week? A, a tip out there, someone to avoid, someone to start a value guy. What are you looking at? Well, I, I mean, look, the value is is the best way to go uh, when you're when you're you know filling out your CFL roster. Like, yes, you're going to spend some money to get blue chip guys, and that you know makes makes lots of sense. But if you can find a guy uh, who's underpriced, and you know, so so one option I, I would consider this week is uh, Ottawa running back Brandon Gillanders, hmm. uh, who stepped in. William Powell got hurt in the first half last week. You know, we don't know whether Powell is going to be ready to go um, this week. This is one of these things where you're going to kind of have to monitor um, as the week goes on and see whether or not uh, Powell's ready to play uh, against Toronto. Uh, or sorry, no, they don't play Toronto this week. They play Calgary on Thursday. Um, so, you know, Galander stepped in. He had, he had uh, 80 yards on, on 12 carries. Um, I, I assume that he is going to be very inexpensive uh, for fantasy purposes. Um, and so that's... You know, one of those things where maybe you maybe you slide him in as your flex player on, on TSN's game, um, and that allows you you know more flexibility to go for um, some blue chip players at other positions. All right, Scotty, great stuff. People can follow you on Twitter at TSN Scott Cullen and find the power rankings and uh, fantasy advice and everything else. Sounds good. Thank you, Andy. All right, we'll do it again next week. That was TSN.ca Scott Cullen. Get him on Twitter at TSN Scott Cullen. Take the break. Come back to finish with our game predictions and some CFL fantasy talk. We're going to take you through mine and producer Joe Narciss, our fantasy roster. You can tweet us at AndyMC81. Who are your fantasy steals going into week number two? A lot more coming up on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Football season is here and Domino's has you covered. Hungry? Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carry out deals at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. We have your complete meal including delicious side dishes and desserts. Check out our $7.99 mix and match offer that is something for everyone including two two-topping medium pizzas, mouth-watering pasta, amazing chicken wings, bread sides, and don't forget to try our irresistible marbled cookie brownie. See all this and more at dominoes.ca. You're listening to CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara, delivered by Domino's on the TSN Radio Network. Back to wrap up the first edition of CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara along with Joe Narset. And remember, folks, we are delivered by Domino's Pizza. If you're hungry, grab a medium feast pizza for only $10.99, just $10.99, or dive into their delivery and carry out deals at Domino's.ca. Okay, we're going to get to our fantasy and game picks. First, though, let's get a poll update here on Twitter at AndyMCD1. The question we posed earlier in the show was, which CFL Week 1 storyline impressed you the most? Which CFL Week 1 storyline impressed you the most? Ricky Ray's career day, another Ottawa-Calgary tie, or Darian Durant beating his old team, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? First place, Ricky Ray. Second, another Ottawa-Calgary tie. Third, Durant beating Sask. How would you vote, Joe? I would definitely have to take Ricky Ray. It was just so surprising to see a guy throw up 506 yards. Who was one step into retirement, yeah, right, in the offseason, and then come back. I'm going to go Ottawa-Calgary just because I, I I just did not. I expected a good game. I didn't think another tie. I didn't think another overtime. And that this builds towards 
the Thursday game and the rematch, uh, I'm very excited about. So I'll vote for the one that's currently in second place. You can vote again at AndyMC81. Okay, Joe, what we're going to do this year is give each week our CFL fantasy lineup. So this is going into week two. So you play on tsn.ca, you can play on DraftKings, and you have a quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a flex, and a defense to go through. So we'll rattle through these, start at quarterback, and again, you have $40,000 to work with, right? So for those who haven't played before, if you go heavy star power, you're going to end up with probably guys who aren't going to see the field at the end. Quarterback. I'm going Trevor Harris. 9600 bucks into Calgary. Why? We saw these two ball out. And I know Bo- Levi Mitchell is going to put up some big numbers, but he's $11,500. So I'm getting about $2,000 savings on my salary cap, Joe, with a guy who is, I'm comfortable saying he's going to put up at least 300 yards. For me, I decided to go with Ricky Ray. I'm going with a hot hand at QB. Okay. Good value around like 10000 depending on where you're playing. Yeah. To me, with a guy who was able to do what he did this week, Going to week two, just take the hot hand, especially when it comes to daily. You want to make sure that you're grabbing somebody that has max potential right now for a good value. And I think at 10000 right. Ricky Ray looks like somebody with pretty decent value for me. And the matchup. Uh, running back, Andrew Harris. And I'm going off of insider information here, Joe, because our guest Darren Bombing earlier from TSN 1290 in Winnipeg said, Harris, back on the field. He was worried about a bit of a, an injury on Friday, but he's back. So when Andrew Harris is clicking... One of the best around. One of the best in the Canadian Football League. Just over 7000 bucks in Saskatchewan. I know it's going to be a crazy atmosphere there at the opening of Mosaic Stadium. But this is an opportunity, I think, to take a bit of pressure off of Matt Nichols and have Andrew Harris try to run it down the throat. So I'm going Harris. I went Jeremiah Johnson out of BC and then Cameron Marshall. I went Marshall as well. Yeah, I, l- I like the value in that, like you were saying. And then for Jeremiah Johnson, I think when you look at a running back, you want to make sure you have a guy that's going to be the guaranteed, the lock. That's where I like to spend my money, especially when it comes to daily. And with a guy who's coming off of essentially about like an 18.5-point week, that's a pretty solid lock, especially for how much you had to spend to upgrade at that position. So I was I was really happy with Jeremiah Johnson. And like you said, Cameron Marshall, I think that's good value. Well, yeah, and he had 84 rushing yards the, the previous week. Now a wide receiver. Uh, S.J. Green is $3,900, Joe. Uh, the way he performed last week. Now, am I expecting him to go 100-plus uh, yards each week? Maybe not. Maybe so. But at that price point, you can't turn down S.J. Green for under 4000 bucks to your salary cap? Agreed. I got him, too. You, you can't get you, you know? Darvin Adams, I'm going with next at wide receiver Winnipeg. Uh, again, I think that the Saskatchewan defense, I think it can be exploited. It's going to be a tough atmosphere, but Adams... Is uh, he's a baller, so uh, sixty five hundred bucks. I took Estragine as well as I said, and I took B.J. Cunningham because okay. I liked, I liked that he was definitely a streak option. He had the long run. He looked very good out there, and he looked like he had a good amount of chemistry with Darren Duran off of the first week. Yeah. So I'm gonna follow it up and keep going with him and the value too for him. Like we, I overspent a little bit on my running backs because I'd like to do that, and at forty four, forty five hundred. I think it's good value. And my flex, Brandon Galanders. Off of the advice of our own TSN.ca, Scott Cullen, I had Anthony Coombs there. Joe, and I, you know what? Galanders made a lot of sense because we, we're not sure on the exact health of William Powell right now. And even if he does play, there's a chance he gets injured again. They limit his reps. 
and Galanders, uh, Ottawa versus Calgary, I think has a nice chance. And twenty five hundred bucks, I was looking to fill in that roster spot with just uh, I had ninety one dollars left over, so I figured Galanders was a, a good bet as uh, as any with the potential to start. I ended up going with Deron Carter in my flex. I'm expecting a rebound, right? I I know the guy had a weak week. He was at one point nine points, basically yeah. around two, depending on where you're playing. Just essentially one of those times where you're looking at your slot and you're figuring this guy could break out. Let me see if somebody's not throwing him in a lineup. And that's why I went with a guy like Deron Carter. Certainly a lot of upside, but yeah, he's looks like he's kind of down in the pecking order right now with the Saskatchewan receivers. Uh, defense, Blue Bombers, just because I think that they will hold Saskatchewan. Kevin Glenn, um, as Scotty was saying previously, it was a higher floor, low ceiling. And they didn't put up a whole lot of points in week one. So I think the Blue Bombers are going to be able to keep them in check. Close game, but in check. And uh, and and that's why on the defensive side, you really, Joe, all, what you're looking for is such high-scoring games in the CFL. It, it, a team that can hold somebody to under 30, you're having a good day. Well, that's kind of, I use the reverse psychology method okay. on my defense. I figured even if I can save $1,000, I think it's worth it. So I ended up going with the Montreal Alouettes against Edmonton. Okay. And when I saw their injuries, I figured, well, hopefully this offense is keeping Edmonton's defense on the field a lot longer. So I'm expecting the Alouettes defense to be a lot fresher. So I'm expecting that you can get some pretty fair value for them at around 4800 I just wasn't willing to throw down like 56 right. 55 Well, you can tweet us your fantasy picks at AndyMC81, at Joey Narsa, and the number 50. Those are our CFL Week 2 fantasy lineups. All right, now, a little segment we're going to do this year called Behind the Helmet. Want to get the, the fans to know the personalities of some of these, these players around the league. Some stars, some guys you don't know too much about. Interesting characters. Find it not not necessarily football questions. What, what do they like to eat after a game? What are their favorite movies? Whatever. Get to know these guys. So I jump in this week with the first behind the helmet. Joined now by Chris Getzloff of the Edmonton Eskimos. Chris, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you doing? Doing good. So this is so that the fans can get to know you a little bit better. Your personality. You're a veteran, but the, the inside, the behind the helmet of Chris Getzloff. You ready to go? Absolutely. All right, this is going to be a tough one. Best TV series you've watched in the past year? Uh, Suits. I love Suits. Donna's awesome. Favorite, favorite movie all time? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, ooh, probably Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber, okay, classic. Let's, let's get to uh, the, the pregame meal. Do you have a tradition? Do you have something you, you go to before a game? Uh, for the most part, I have uh, chicken parm usually, but... Okay. It's, it doesn't have to be. You know, I'm not one of those guys that it just has to absolutely have to happen. So, but uh, I would say my regular would be chicken parm. Okay, so not superstition, but prefer chicken parm. Yeah. Great. And what about after a win? If Is there there's something uh, after a big win you go? Uh, I mean, it just depends. Sometimes I'll go out and have a bite to eat at a restaurant with uh, with the wife, but um, other times I'll just, you know, pick up some sort of junk food on the way. <laughs> to reward yourself. Great. Uh, which, Absolutely. Which player did you look up to growing up? It could be football or, or in any sport, but who did you look up to? Uh, I would say Jason Claremont would probably be the number one that I looked up to. I mean, I uh, went to all the same schools as he did, you know, high school, uh, university, and um, uh, followed him in, uh, you know, in his professional career. And I just love the way he played, just a hard-nosed football player that caught the ball extremely well. And uh, he took some punishing blows but got up. Like, uh, no problem. And, and whoever hit them, they weren't getting up so easy. Right. <laughs> and when you're away from Edmonton, what's the favorite road trip city that you go on around the CFL? Who, uh, 
I mean, uh, my favorite stadium to play in would probably be Calgary outside of playing at home, obviously. Um, but uh, when it comes to a nice city, I like Vancouver quite a bit. Okay. And why, why Calgary? Just because of the rivalry, the atmosphere? I've just, in the past, I've just played some really, really good ball games in Calgary. Uh-huh. And statistic, statistic-wise, uh, I've been dynamite when I've played there. So, In conversation with Chris Getzlaff in Behind the Helmet on CFL Weekly. Okay. We're talking hypothetical. You can grab one artist for a road trip. What singer or group are you taking along? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, not that big into music like a lot of guys are, but I, I would probably say maybe Drake. Oh, that, I think that would be rolling with a pretty good crowd there, Chris. That'd be, that'd be entertaining. <laughs> okay. It's a good safe bet, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Chris, obviously the team goal each year is to win the Grey Cup. What personal goals do you want to achieve this season? Uh, this year, I've... You know what? I'm I'm here to be the best player that I can, the best teammate that I can, do whatever I can to uh, help the team win. And you know, for me, it's uh, a lot of it right now is for the position that I'm in is just understanding the entire offense because I could plug and play into any position at any time. And I got to help out on special teams, you know. So mm-hmm. outside of that, it's just being a, a veteran leader in the locker room and making sure that guys are on point each and every game so that we go out there and we uh, put our best product on the field. Two more quick ones for you here, Chris. If I wasn't a football player, what would be another sport you'd want to play professionally? Oh, hockey for sure. Hockey for sure, yeah. Yeah, well, I've played hockey. Uh, I've actually played hockey uh, longer than any other sport oh. uh, that I have played, including football. So um, it would definitely be that. What level did you get up to in hockey? Uh, I got up to – I played midget, midget tier one hockey. Okay. And then uh, – um, that would be the highest level that I played at, but I played some junior C. Actually, I played a couple of junior B games just as a, as a call-up guy, but right. um, I've been playing non-contact ever since that. So, And a last one for you, best part about playing with Edmonton? Uh, the locker room. I think the, I think the guys I think there's a great team. Uh, we have great chemistry, and you know, when you enjoy coming to work every day, it makes it that much better. That's great. Chris, thank you so much. A real pleasure chatting with you. Hey, thanks so much for having me. That was Chris Getzlap of the Edmonton Eskimos. Now, Joe, got about two minutes here, so let's roll through our game picks for week number two. We will be keeping track, and we want to hear from you. Who do you think is going to come out on top in week two? At AndyMC81, at Joey Narson, number 50 on Twitter. Ottawa, Calgary, the epic rematch. I'm going stamps, baby, at home, but real close. And, heck, it could go to overtime again. I completely agree with you, especially when teams are that tight. you got to give it to home field advantage. BC Lions into BMO take on the Toronto Argonauts. Argos flying high off of that huge win over the Ticats. I'm taking the Toronto Argos. I think Hot hand? Hot hand. Good hot offense. Hand. They okay. look great. And even if they step back a little... I still think they'll look good. I'm going BC Lions. Uh, I'm I'm not quite as bullish on the Argonauts being able to keep this up if they do it again. An orange uh, crush, oh, man. Oh, oh, oh boy, different different story. But this is a, a chance I think for the BC Lions who were edged out by three points in Edmonton. This team is too good to lose two in a row. So I'm going to say the Lions take it. All right, Montreal into Edmonton. Montreal won that squeaker at home against Saskatchewan. This time they head on the road against the Eskimos. And Edmonton, despite the injuries on defense, you got Mike Riley. Mike Riley. Mike Riley. All right. And I, I just think he's going to outduel Darren Durant. Remember, too, Darren Durant, emotional, emotional game to beat the Rough Riders. Has he come down from that? He didn't put up big points, 17 points, okay, even in a win. 
compared to Mike Riley. I don't think they can keep pace, even if the defense is struggling, so I'll go Eskimos. I'm going to take Montreal for the injuries. I know it's tough to do it, especially in Edmonton. But for me, Darren Durant's still mobile, and if you don't have somebody that can contain him in the middle, he might get go off a little bit, so I'm going to take Montreal. All right, and the last one, Winnipeg Blue Bombers into Saskatchewan as they kick off the regular season debut in Mosaic Stadium. Big money, big crowds on Canada Day, pomp and circumstance. It's going to be amazing. Rough Riders will come out hot. Winnipeg grinds back, and you have, again, I think a superior quarterback matchup with Matt Nichols, underrated, up against Kevin Glenn, who we know who he is. So Winnipeg off the bye. They've had a lot of time, extra time, to look at this Rough Riders team, so they take this one. I'm saying Saskatchewan, huge home opener for them. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. Also, they were literally a couple yards away from winning that game in Montreal, so I'm saying Saskatchewan takes it. All right, that'll do it for the first edition of CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. We'll be back here every Wednesday night. If you missed any of the show, get the podcast on tsn.ca on iTunes, and you can get it off my Twitter account at AndyMC81. So for Joe Narsa, I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to CFL Weekly. Enjoy the games.